This week on the Habs Forum, we're back. We took a week off. We, uh, we figured maybe we wait a week. We'll have some wins to talk about or something. No, 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 no. It's uh, it's going just as good for the Canadians as it was uh, last time we did a podcast, which at, at this point, I think if you ask a lot of uh, hardcore fans, I mean, we, we might as well go for a, for a top pick at this point. So, I mean, we're not going to go over every single game, but we're going to talk a little bit about how it's been going and and just and just how bad it is. And is there really anything that can be done at this point to, to turn the season around? Uh, a few uh, other things that, uh, to, to touch on. I mean, Gallagher gets a fine. I guess he's not allowed to punch, but he's allowed to get punched is, is how it works in Gallagher's world. We got a, we got a, a, a NHL debut tomorrow, which is exciting for a Habs rookie. And, uh, Adam Brooks was cl- uh, claimed by Vegas, uh, a player that I'm sure, a couple of years from now, no one will remember ever played for the Canadians. So I guess we can touch on that really quickly. And as always, we'll we'll uh, talk about the Laval Rocket. Uh, but uh, as you can tell, like super excited to talk about the Canadians. Like I can't wait to talk about. It. This is so fun to talk about. Should yeah, we just talk just... about the the Canada <laughs> soccer game instead? I mean, hey, they oh, beat man. Mexico two one. That's amazing. Yeah, in the snow too. I mean, that's that's pretty damn exciting, dude. That celebration <laughs> is like one of the best celebrations ever. Just like him jumping in the in the snow after that goal. I mean, come oh on. man, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, you know, that was much more exciting than the Habs game against no. the Rangers yesterday. No, exactly. Um, I honestly, I recommend following Team Canada in the qualifiers and getting excited for that for soccer. If you're only a hockey fan, don't follow soccer. You just, just, just try it out. It's more fun these days. A lot more fun. Yeah. Well, I mean, team Canada's next game is if I'm not mistaken, January 27th. So, well, f- yeah. whatever, man, just go watch the highlights from the previous games. Okay. Okay. Just, just relax. But anyway, uh, so- <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean the Canadians though, my God. Uh, yeah. I was going to say uh, right off the bat, your intro was, was very low energy. Uh, I guess I can't really blame you. I, mean, yeah. I have uh, as much energy energy as the Canadians do for these exactly. games. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, yeah. I mean, obviously not a whole lot of positives. I mean, uh, you know, they, they got off. I mean, if we're, if we're going to talk about yesterday's game, I mean, they got off to a decent start yesterday. So, it, you know, it, it, it seemed to, it's, you know, there, there were some positives there. They, they, they looked like the better team, at least in, they're probably in the, first period or at least the first parts of the first period um you know got off i don't know about the better team i mean i think at this point if the canadians just look competitive we think they look great because we're we're so used to to it it being poor but like it doesn't matter they can't get keep 60 minutes together the only positive with yesterday's i think primo looked pretty solid i mean that that's good to see like he's obviously still i don't think ready necessarily he's only there because of an injury but you still don't want him to look out so out of place like we've seen in the past. So, so I mean that that that's a good somebody. But it's the same thing every game against against Boston was the same thing. It was looking like a good game. I was actually excited to tune in for the Boston game because hey, first time against Boston in like over a year. So I mean, obviously like the the best rivalry in, in the NHL in my opinion. It, it was a good game at first, but then it, and then it just kind of falls apart. It's just it's just I don't know, man. I just. <laughs> And, and that was coming off arguably our best stretch of the season, which was two OT losses and, and a win. Is, that that must be our best stretch of the season. <laughs> I mean, four points in three games. Yeah, but yeah, well, yeah. I mean, for sure. Um, which, which, okay. I mean, I guess that's a positive right there. Maybe. maybe yeah, but that's it's two OT losses. It's two <laughs> OT. Who cares? I'm joking. 
I mean, okay, okay, I will say the, the Calgary game was actually a fun game because like like we talked about at the beginning of the year when we weren't like like I wasn't confident about this team. I wouldn't think it would be this bad, but I wasn't confident like going in with the price situation, Shea Weber, and and already even in the playoffs last year, I was like, I wasn't thinking this was the playoff team coming coming in this year. But we didn't expect it to be that bad. But the main thing that that I, I keep saying, and I think a lot of fans feel this way, you just at least want the kids to do well. And at the beginning, it was so hard because the kids were doing terrible. And now at least Suzuki's turned it around. And that that whole moment with Suzuki and Markstrom, where they showed it on the broadcast, where he tried to banking off Markstrom, Markstrom catches it, and he starts giving him attitude. And Markstrom, a veteran, very solid goalie, he's been one of the best goalies in the NHL to start the season. And then he just stares down Suzuki, only for Suzuki to come back five minutes later and banking bank it the game winning goal off of his pad and, and score the game winning goal that way. And then later in the game, Markstrom slashed him a little bit, obviously got in his head. I mean that that was maybe the most fun moment of this season so far for the Canadians. Uh, yeah, I mean it's it's not too hard to be the most fun. Oh, of course, of course. So far. But uh, but yeah, I mean, well, like you said, I mean, like it at least you know, and we've said this in the last couple of episodes, like. Obviously, the Canadians at this point, there's no way they're making the playoffs. No. Uh, you know, we're we're looking for a good pick at this point. Uh, but you know, the, the, what you want to do is is find any positives that we can. And and I mean, Suzuki, after signing that big contract, got off to a pretty bad start. But at least, I mean, that's one thing that we can that we can take away at this point. He's been on a really solid run the last couple of games, and even well, even the last couple of weeks, really. Yeah. So I mean, it, at the very, very least, I mean, there's been so many players. Most of this team really has been a bunch of a disappointment. Oh, absolutely. But, uh, but I mean, at least Suzuki, and, and even you know, to to a certain extent, Romanov. I mean, he. Oh, I was going to say the same thing. Yeah, he's ever since he got scratched for that one game, I feel like. You see constant progression with him is the one thing. Like you can tell he's he's the hardest worker. The coach is always saying he's the first one on the ice, last one off the ice. Like he's working hard. He's trying to to get better. So so these are the things things we need to focus on. If Romanov can really turn into a solid everyday top four defenseman for the Canadians this year, if this is what this season can be used for, I mean that's a huge step in the right direction for the team. No, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Man, he also got like Suzuki got off to a terrible start, but. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he definitely seems to be coming around. And I mean, you know what you what you're gonna get from Romanov. I mean, you know, he's a guy that he has, you know, a lot of potential, but there's a lot of, you know, he he can be a bit of a liability out there sometimes. He's he's out, he plays out of position, but he likes to take those chances. And and you know, I mean, you got to live with it at this point. I mean, yeah. you don't want to you don't want to curb that uh, you know that, that that offensive upside that he has the the that flair for the dramatic that he has sometimes. And and you know at, at the end of the day, I mean, you just got to put him out there and let him do his thing and and live with those mistakes. And and right now, I mean, he's he's making he, he's he's definitely providing the has a lot more positives than negatives at this point. I think Romanov is always going to be a defenseman. You're going to want to pair with like another solid defenseman, you know, like I, I don't think he's ever going to be a guy necessarily that can like run, you know, he's really not a number one. I don't think, you know, like he's a top, I think he's a top four is, is what he turns into, but you still want a solid guy on him because you want him to go for that big hit. Cause I think that's when he's at his best. But the reality of that is when players go for those types of things that they're going to get caught sometimes. They're going to get beat. But, you know, you want him to play to his strength. So I, I, I've been loving seeing it. You, we've seen it, too. And that, and you you can tell when, when Romanov lays a big hit, it's the few times this year that it, this, this team seems to wake up. 
Like it definitely, it, it definitely makes a, a difference. Like when when you see that, it just shakes them awake, and then they actually play well for maybe five ten minutes. You know, so it's it, it, you want them to keep working on that aspect of this game. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, that that's the that's the kind of thing the Habs need right now. I mean, like obviously not not a whole lot happening for them offensively and. No. Even in their defensive zone, it's been it's it's been awful. But you know those that that spark every once in a while, and I mean that's you know a, a big reason why Michael Bazetta, you know he's obviously very limited in what he can provide to the Habs, but but what he does provide to the Habs is at this point very valuable. So you know you need that spark, and and Romanov can certainly provide that spark every once in a while with those with that big hit. I mean, and talking of, of Michael Pizzetta, like this is a type of season, a type of season where it's it's just we're just clearly circling the drain. I mean, and plus the injuries keep piling up. Like now Mike Hoffman's out and Hoffman, who who kind of low key has been really solid this year because he missed at the beginning of the year. And then he kind of is missing again now. But when he has played, he's been I mean, he has he has he's tied for the most goals. I know it's not saying a lot on the team, but still he is. And that's after missing five games. He has. Two game-winning goals, and that's pretty solid when you consider there's only four game-winning goals available. Uh, him and Nick Suzuki are the only two players with game-winning goals, and and I know it's it can be a bit of a random stat, of course, but 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 but, but still he's been solid. Now he's out too. You know, Dwayne was having, and this seems to happen to Dwayne every year. It's so frustrating. He starts out strong, gets an injury. Now you just hope he can bounce back. I mean that that that's something like I know Dwayne's not like a, a rookie or a second third-year player at this point, but like we like we all want to see him have a good year. And it was going well. I just like yesterday he had that open net chance, and he just like I just I honestly don't understand how he didn't score there. I I just don't hope he's not going to be snake bitten now because we've seen it before. He gets hurt, comes back, and just never finds his game again. Yeah, yeah. I mean, hopefully, we've we've seen obviously ever since he's been in Montreal, he's dealt with a lot of injuries, and and he you know it's often been the often been you know the what what's happened with him he's get off to a good start and then you know sort of struggle uh you know, once he gets a little little banged up you know obviously he must be dealing with an injury right now but hopefully he can he can get things back on track but, i mean you know just, i mean they, they need anybody to really get back on track at this yeah, point no no for sure i mean but i don't I, I just want him to have a good year, man, after everything he went through last year and all that. And just he's still young. Right. So if he, if he has a bit of a breakout year, it can be valuable moving forward if if, if the Canadians hope to be more competitive yeah, next year. And actually, and the one like a kid we haven't really talked about yet that's been playing lately is Ryan Paling, who I, I've, I've enjoyed his game since he's been called up. He's been solid. He got the one goal. And you can tell, like, from the celebration, like he really, really wanted it. If he can stick with the big club and kind of figure it out a little bit too, I mean, these are the things we've got to be hoping for 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 the rest of the season because there's just no making the playoffs at this point. There, it's just it's just impossible. And my biggest fear for the season, honestly, is going on a mini run and and losing out on the top ten pick. But even that seems unlikely at this point. It, 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 look, like statistically, the Canadians. We we're talking about this before the podcast. If it wasn't for Arizona, who is having a historically bad season, like Arizona's season, and here's the big thing too about that, like Arizona, we could tell in the off season we're trying to lose. What hurts with the Canadians here is that they that's, they were not trying to lose at all in the off season, and the the only team that's even close to being as bad as, as, as the Canadians is Arizona. But if it wasn't for Arizona's horrible start to the season, which would be like historic. As far as bad, how bad it is, the Canadians are on pace for 46 points right now, which would be the worst season in the cap era. 
I mean, they're going to get beat by Arizona, obviously. And they're probably not going to end up with 46 points, let's be honest. Like, at some point, there needs to be some sort of weird run. But, like, it's just how did it go so bad? (laughs) (laughs) It's just, like, like everything that could have went wrong went wrong. And, you know, I think at the end of the day, like, you know, and, you know, I know we've talked about this again, but or before about the Stanley Cup hangover. But, you know, I think a lot of people and and definitely myself included, you know, didn't didn't realize, like, because of the extra short offseason that they have. I mean, obviously, there's still guys that are dealing with injuries. Petrie is he's obviously injured. He's obviously injured. And if I told you at the beginning of the season that. As we're doing season previews, I tell you, I can't tell you anything else about the Montreal Canadiens, but I will tell you that Jeff Petrie is going to have one of the worst 20-game stretches he's ever had as a Montreal Canadian to start the season. I mean, I don't need more information than that to know that the Canadians were going to be off to a horrible start. Like, I, especially with Weber out, Jeff Petrie is a crucial, crucial piece of this team. And... He just he can't the way he's been playing. It's just there's no way there's no the way this defensive core is built. If he's playing the way he's been playing, this team has no chance. No, he's and you know and we've even talked about it in prior seasons. I mean, he is basically like you know any time that Weber was out, Petrie and especially this season is definitely the most important player on the Canadians. Yeah, and he has been. I don't think I can think of a guy that's been a bigger disappointment this season than Petrie. And and again, I mean, clearly dealing with some sort of an injury. You but know, at the so. same time, like the injury excuse bugs me a little bit because he's also just been making poor decisions. Like it's almost become a meme at this point on Twitter that every time on the power play, he just takes a slap shot into the guy's pads, which might as well be a turnover at that point. And and things like like is, is an injury affecting that? Is it, Does he just not trust his ability to do anything else because of his injury? It's it's just it's like he forgot how to play smart hockey like or something. It's, it's, it almost seems more than an injury. I mean. And if it is an injury at this point, honestly, just sit him. Sit him and let him get better. It, it It's not making a difference having him in the lineup. And I just want to look forward. And I don't want him to kind of he, – like he's not getting any younger, right? We don't want Jeff Petrie to turn into a Shea Weber who plays through injuries and all that. And now his career kind of ends abruptly, you know, maybe probably a few seasons earlier than he wanted to because, you know, he can't – can't handle the pain anymore. You don't want the same thing to happen to Petrie. But the way the season's going, I mean, if you, you I, I hope no one is playing injured. If you're injured, just sit it out. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. But I mean, like Jeff Petrie, I mean, we've, you know, for as good as he's been with the Canadians since, you know, he's got here, however many years, I mean, he's been with the Canadians, well, like seven, eight years now, by now. I mean, like, we've, he has been known to, to have his share of brain farts. Like, let's be honest, but, but it just seems like they're all coming all in the same shot. And, and oh, I think never maybe been this bad, no, like, maybe not this bad, but because of the injury, it's probably, you know, he's, maybe, he doesn't have yeah. that athletic ability yeah. to sort of rectify the situation. It, yeah. Right. Um, and, but I think, you know, to your point that, you know, if he's injured, just sit him like this, this team already like is lacking so much leadership at this point. I mean, mm-hmm. they're all, all of the veterans are out. And this team, like just every game, like and 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 I feel like we've seen it the last two games where they got off to a good start, and you know if they're lead when, when they have led, oh. they they just seem so fragile and oh, like, absolutely. you know. So I I mean I think at this point if he can play, like you don't even you don't want to take basically that last piece of leadership that you have left on the team. 
you know, I, I, mean, I, really, I, I see, I see your point. I see your point, but like, why, why play injured? Like why risk it? You know, like, like at, at what point does the team like, like does management still look at this team as having a chance? Like, are we still like I thinking, you know, I like let's, let's be realistic. You're like, at one point, do we start thinking about selling the piece? Hey, not down the worst thing. I, I think, I think it was one of Elliot Friedman's like, uh, like 32 uh, thoughts or whatever he calls his blog. And he, he mentioned like rumblings of uh, Ben Sherratt, maybe signing an extension. If that happens, I'm going to lose my mind. Now don't no. get me wrong. Ben Sherratt has had his moments. Like we've been critical of him on this podcast. He hasn't been bad as, as far as who's been the worst this year. He's actually had some moments where he's been pretty solid and he's kind of been trying maybe to do more than he should be doing, but I get it, but it's fine. But like, Regardless of that, even if Ben Schrott was having a, a, an amazing Norris-level season, this is not the type of player that you kind of – with the, the way the team is, good. Keep scoring a few goals here and there, Schrott, and then we're, we're going to get more of the deadline for you. Like He's an obvious sell. If Bergevin signs, like, starts signing these veteran-type guys to extensions, that's going to make me lose all faith. I mean, it's just a rumor. Who knows? But that would make me lose all faith in his ability to, to move this team forward because this is not th- – this team needs to – like I know we just went to the final, but this is – we're entering kind of a rebuild at this point. you got to focus on the young guys, got to hope for a really good pick in this draft, and you got to be trading those aging veterans for assets. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, he is like, – like you said, I mean, he's definitely had his moments this season. Um, he's been – one of maybe the better players on the Canadians this season, which again, isn't really saying a yeah. whole lot, yeah. but, uh, but I mean, no, he, he's definitely a guy that has to move. I mean, you know, uh, you already have Edmondson locked up for another two or three seasons. You have Savard who I mean, he's, he hasn't looked too good so far. None uh, of the acquisitions have. Like, Dvorak hasn't looked great either. No, I know. But uh, like you already have Savard and obviously Edmondson to play, a relatively similar role to Sherrod. So, I mean, they definitely have to move on from Sherrod. Yeah. And I think, I mean, at this point, you have to think that they realize that it, that they aren't turning this around this, yeah. at least not this season. And, you know, I think that they're not going to move Sherrod until Edmondson comes back, which hopefully, you know, could, could, uh, I, I believe he was skating today. So probably, you know, could, could be soon. Um, uh, so hopefully, you know, once Edmondson comes back, then that could potentially open the door, you know, yeah. for them to move Sherratt. Um, you know, the, the and there's Islanders, no rush either, too. Like sometimes, if you think you can get a better package at no. the deadline, that that's fine too. Like I'm not in a rush to get rid of Sherratt either. It's not what I'm saying. I just like I really hope these rumors of an extension are not true because that's not, that's not the move here. Like, like please, you know. No, no, of course, but you know, and, and well, the Islanders themselves, they just lost Ryan Pollock. And uh, he's out for like four to six weeks. Ben Sherrod could definitely be a guy yeah. that could fill in his spot. And and already there there was there was rumblings that they could be interested in Ben Sherrod. So I mean that would be a perfect fit. You know if Ed's, Edmondson comes back soon, there you know I know on the last podcast and yeah I'm definitely gonna I already regret saying it that the Habs will pro- could get a, a first round pick for Lekkinen. <laughs> That's probably a stupid thing. But oh, that, uh, that was absurd. I can't believe yeah, it probably that. was. No, probably not. I mean, anyway, Ben Sherat, though, there had there has been rumors that he could go for a first round pick. No, I, 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 I do. I do see that happening. I don't think I think it's it, it, a team would be stupid to pay that much. But I still believe teams would pay that much. Like, like that, that wouldn't shock me. So so that like to me, Ben Sherat 
is a must sell because I really think the Canadians could get something, re- some really good assets for him that are worth much more to the Canadians than what he can offer the team at this point with the way the year, the, the year's going. And also like I can see him getting overpaid in the off season, right? Cause he's been playing such a big role in the Canadians and uh, on the run to the cup and the minutes he's, he's been, been eating and all that. I just, there's nothing about Ben Sherratt to me that tells me that it's like if you're a contending team and you need like one more like kind of like number four defensive defenseman, like Ben Sherratt's great for you, but he's the opposite of what the Canadians need moving forward. Like if yeah. he could get you a good no, pick, sure. go for it. Yeah, exactly. What uh, I mean, uh, just look at what uh, Tampa Bay paid to get David Savard last year, right? They paid a first mm-hmm. and I think a third. And, you know, that'd basically be the same kind of addition. Yeah, you could even absolutely. argue that Sherrod's more Great value. comparison. Great comparison. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, yeah, no, they definitely have to sell him because, really, if you look at the Canadians right now, there's not too many other players they could sell. True. Um, you know, what maybe you get, you could probably get a little something for Kulak and Weidman. And uh, and and I definitely think Lekkinen's going to be gone. Um, probably not for a first, though. <laughs> I mean, Lekkanen is an RFA, so it's a bit of a different uh, yeah. situation. But yeah, he can. I mean, and Lekkanen is is another player that could be a great addition for a contending team, right? Because what he can do, he can do very well. You know, like, like adding a piece like him to be kind of a on the shutdown line for a cup run and all that. So, and you got to wonder too if if the the cup run experience will give these players a little bit more value in the eyes of uh, of other GMs. You know, because not that I think that's always that valuable, but it's, I feel like it's the type of thing that hockey culture still values like probably more than they should. Uh, oh. So, so, so they could they could be able to get some good uh, good assets for that for sure. But yeah, you're right. Aside from that, there's nothing. There's else. really nothing else. There's nothing. Like I'm looking at the cap friendly, and there's the only other thing I've I've, I've heard people if a team is really desperate for a backup goalie now, it would it seems crazy to trade Jake Allen until Price comes back, but. If if the if if what you can get from it is valuable, I mean, yes, another year left on the contract, but hey, I'm all about getting more assets at this point. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I think it would be, you know, it, it it could definitely get some, you know, at least a decent asset for the Habs, but nah, I could, I definitely couldn't see them doing that, especially with the the whole price situation. Even even if he does come back, like. But I mean, who knows? You know, hopefully, hopefully we see Price back soon. Um, you know, but yeah, I mean, uh, maybe Jake Allen is another guy that they could potentially move. But I, I don't know. I, I don't see them moving Jake. I don't necessarily see it either. But he's the the next in line that I could imagine maybe moving. I mean, some like if, if Pocket and and Peru weren't injured, maybe they could be moved for like 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 a fourth, fifth round picks and stuff like that. But now they're hurt. Like who knows? Like. Peru's injury, like it, it sounds like it can. I don't want to speculate, but it doesn't sound good. And I don't think we know what Pocket has any uh, either. Aside from that, there's Paul Byron, but then who's going to want to take out, take on an extra year at 3.4 from Paul Byron? So, yeah, it's uh, it's sad to say there's not a lot to sell on this team, which not which bad. makes me worried. Does this mean this this team's going to be very similar to the team we're going to see ice next year? Like, this, uh, this, I mean. You got to think so, right? I mean, unfortunately, <laughs> probably probably is going to be. I mean, you know, it's it, 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 like and we, you said at the beginning of the podcast, like, how did it get this bad? <laughs> like, 
the team's not I mean okay I guess there is a difference but you know between the, the team last year that made it to the finals but I mean I don't know it's it's just crazy but like I, for, for me it's it's really the defense man and and I've been I've been complaining about the defense for years at this point and I really feel like they kind of played above their heads last year and and they were helped by Price playing amazing and like like yes they made it to the final but let's not forget that in the last two regular seasons this hasn't been a good hockey team like they they weren't supposed to make the playoffs two seasons ago, and they were extremely close to missing the playoffs last year, and and, and kind of got in. You know, if it was a full eighty-two game season, it was trending in the direction of them missing the playoffs. But then the, then they went on the Cinderella run. So, but we can't hang on to that. If you look at the the big picture in the last two years, I mean, the team we're seeing now is almost probably closer to what it is now than it ever was to a cup finalist, you know, I don't want to take anything away from that magical run, but it's just been a lot of problems the way this team has been built for a while. And there's just, just, there's a lack of really, really top end talent on, on both defense and offense. Like like with Weber gone, it's just as much as we had issues with with what Weber was bringing at this point to this team, you're seeing it with you take away his 25 minutes a game. It means everyone else is playing that many more minutes. And there's such a big, big hole on defense. Like there's no puck moving defenseman. There's none. Yeah. I mean, obviously it, it seems like a broken record because we've basically been talking about this since, uh, since we started a podcast, but hopefully in the off season, whoever the GM is of the Canadians realizes that they're finally going to have to go out and get that puck moving defenseman. Well, the thing is, I do believe Bergman's been trying, but he's been failing. Yeah. You know, it it is, I I'm sure it's a lot easier said than done. Of course. Of course. But you know, I mean, even if the free agents don't want to come, I mean, we know the Canadians have the asset. I mean, they, they have lots of draft picks. They have lots of prospects. Just I mean, the the one enough. guy that's really interesting is there's been rumors that Colorado are interested in trading Samuel Girard, and obviously if he's a, he's from Quebec, so he's always going to be rumored to come here. But he's also, you know, exactly what the Canadians are lacking on this team is. And, and I don't watch every single Colorado Avalanche team, but, f- but from the rumors that have been, um, I think Dreger and like Friedman were all talking about it, is that they weren't too happy with the turnovers and all that. And Hey, the Canadians don't need more turnovers on the team, but at the same time, they need some puck moving defensemen. So I, I, I'd be very interested in a move like that. He's still extremely young, you know, if, if they'd probably be separate moves or I don't know, but, but, and, and, and that rumor makes sense to me because you, you take a look at, at the, the defense for, for Colorado, they, they already, they have Bowen Byram who's ready to step in for Jean. Like it's, it's weird because he has that, that, that contract still left at 5 million, but, I mean, if if that guy's available, he's ex- I I definitely make a move for him. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he's you know, I, like you said, even even if he does turn it over every once in a while, I mean, I'm fine with that. I mean, the Canadians, you know, they could really use that puck and move defenseman. Samuel Girard's a really, you know, he's a solid defenseman for sure. He'd slip right into that, yeah. you know, that top that the top pairing right now. And you know, I mean, uh, maybe that. I mean, who knows what exactly that trade would look like? Obviously, the Canadians would have to give up something good. The Avalanche are a team that's been, you know, linked over the last two seasons with Lekkinen. Um, I'm yeah. sure they would love to get him. And uh, who knows, man? Maybe they may, could they potentially use Ben Sherratt? Maybe who? Knows? 
Who knows? Hey, maybe they want a more stable or what they believe is a more stable defenseman on the, on the back and a big body, you know? <laughs> there you but go. I don't know. Like, I mean, it, it always seems useless to, to speculate on these rumors. But, I mean, if anything like that is true, I mean, you got to jump on it. Because, like, like, like you said, we sound like a broken record because we've been talking about this need basically since we started this podcast. And if there's a guy available, you just kind of have to go for it. Like, I'm not saying overpay, but, you know, you got to go for it. No, exactly. I mean, uh, you know, it's uh, if you can't sign free agents, then you got to make that big, make a big splash like that. You know, I think we've talked about it before that, you know, that that's been sort of like the Bergevin's downfall a lot of the time is that he hasn't made that big move really, right? You know, when he when he's had you know maybe a chance to go out and get someone. But I don't know. He's made some pretty big trades in his tenure. I mean. P.K. Subban for Shea Weber has to be one of the biggest trades in the last uh, five years. I mean, that's a while yeah, but, ago at this point. Yeah, like, yeah. But I mean, like, giving up prospects, giving up picks yeah. to get a need. You know, um, I mean, I, I guess the one time that he has done it, at least the last time that comes to mind, is Dvorak. And I guess that didn't. Yeah. I, I still but, think And also, like, the Canadians around. don't want to be giving away too many prospects at this point, oh, you know. True. But like that's why a guy like Sam Girard's interesting because I'm not I'm not saying I want to make a move because it'll help this season even though it might but it's just because it's a long term acquisition right you're not acquiring Girard just for for this year right you're acquiring him for you know d- down the line like aside from that I have no interest aside from a move like that I have no interest in moving prospects or, or picks or anything like that for 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 any kind of player he would need to be in his like kind of early twenties right so. Exactly. I mean, yeah, that'd be perfect. You know, he's a guy that's signed to term that, um, you know, I mean, apparently Colorado, like you said, they aren't happy with him looking to potentially move him. I'm sure they, they, they could probably free up some cap too. you know, obviously he's making 5 million. They have a lot of good, solid young defensemen that are coming up. Um, probably a little bit like Bowen Byram, who is, you know, probably in their lineup a little faster than they were expecting. So, yeah. you know, they could probably, yeah, you know, I don't think they'd m- mind moving him too much. Especially if they can, uh, you know, maybe get a get a player or two for the cup run, and maybe you know fill the cupboards a, a little bit as well, you know, for the, yeah. as far as prospects go. And as well, we'll we'll see what will uh, come uh, from uh, from that. I mean, the 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 other news, like we we kind of teased at the beginning of the podcast, is that Norlander is finally going to start in uh, for so so basically. So do you think if Norlander doesn't so be, he basically stayed with the team because he got injured, right? Like. He got injured during camp, and then he's just been, and so it's not burning his like his first pro contract because he's just on the IR or whatever. Like, do, do you think this is a situation where he just plays a few gaming games and then gets sent back to Europe? Yeah, I mean, I think that's what's going to happen. You know, I think maybe they, just obviously, it's a bit of a, it's it's you know, it's this season's pretty much already been lost. I mean, maybe yeah. they just want to give him a game or two. Um, just to see, I'm a little surprised that he's playing with them, to be honest with you. I mean, um, he played a game or two with Laval. I think it was just one game that he played with Laval. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, it's the first time that he had played in a while and then he came back up because he couldn't stay down there for too long. Right. Because he has a, you know, if he's, he can't just get sent down to the AHL aside from that, uh, quick conditioning assignment. I see. Yeah. But, uh, actually, no, uh, looking at the stats, he actually played three games with them, but, um, yeah, I mean, uh, no, I, th- I think it's just going to be him playing one or two games, and then he's probably going to get sent back. Because, you know, I, I don't think it's he—he's not going to be playing top minutes here in Montreal. 
um, you know, you might as well send him back to uh, to, to well, Sweden where he's going to be playing top minutes. At, and all at practice, they had him playing over Romanov. Like, unless you think Romanov and Kulak is going to play more than Norlander and Savard, but they had the duos as Sharat Petri, which is obviously what they've used as number one, then Norlander, Savard, and Romanov and Kulak. So it, it kind of looks like they got they want to give him a real look, you know? I mean, because I, I, th- I think this group still think they can go on a run and make the playoffs, you know? I, I really think that that's still what their focus is, which I mean, it, it, which is fair enough, you know, they're 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 competitors, you know, the and all that, but it just seems ridiculous to us. I mean, if he shows, if he plays and he plays well, because here's the thing, like at this point, you don't want to hurt his development, but if he if he looks, he doesn't look out of place and all that, would you keep him up just if you think maybe it's it's the best for his progression, or do you think no matter what, you're better off giving him just a few games and sending? I mean, I think he'd he'd really have to have to surprise and you know, you know, really like force the Habs hand at this point. Um, you know, even if he does play on that second pairing with Savard, you know, you're gonna play him a little bit on the power play. But I I really think the best thing for him would be to go back to Sweden. Um, you know, again, he's gonna be playing in all different situations. He's probably gonna be the top defenseman over there. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think that's probably the best thing for him though. Actually the, I think the, he plays on the same team as one of the, one of the top defensemen that was drafted this year, Simon uh, Edmondson. So maybe he, he might not actually be the top, uh, top bearing defenseman actually when he goes back. So, um, but yeah, you know, at, unless he really surprises, which I, I really wouldn't expect him to, I mean, it's not like he really, you know, he, he did it. The, the games that he, that I saw, well, the game that I saw him play in Laval, he wasn't really, he didn't jump off no. you know, the screen or anything. And even if, if, if you, if you remember back to even like the training camp in the rookie camp, he didn't yeah. really even impress that much. So yeah. Like, like it really seems that like the only reason he's still up right now is because of his injury. Like it doesn't really seem like uh, that would that would have happened if, if it wasn't for that. But I mean, you never know. I mean, at the same time, when the, when the team is struggling this much, maybe you just keep him with the team to you know use the team almost as a way to to to, to progress your, your your young players. But I mean, it, it would depend on what they think the situation will be when he's back in Sweden. Because the problem is when when uh, when players miss uh, a, a period of time before they're sent back to Europe from, from what I understand it, is that sometimes they really can affect because they're a team back home. Like they don't, they don't care about like making sure that they, that they develop these players to be good for the NHL team that drafted them. Right. Like they care about winning. Right. So at this point in the season, he may have kind of lost a, a, his spot of where he played last year for, for his team. Right. So I, I, I'm, I don't, I don't obviously follow the Swedish like the team that he plays for. So I, I don't know what the situation would be there, but I, I'm sure that the, the Bergeron and the Habs are, are kind of paying attention to that. Cause I, I just want him to play wherever is best for his development, whichever one that is. Yeah, no, I mean, definitely. Yeah. You know, it's uh, you want him to be playing as much as possible. Yeah. Like I said, I mean, he, well, he plays with Ferlinda and it is uh, Simon Edmondson, the sixth overall pick from Detroit. And he's been having himself a really solid season. Yeah. So even when he does go back to Ferlinda, he probably wouldn't be the the top pairing defenseman. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, he's he's going to get a chance. I'm sure he's going to get a game or two here with Montreal. And I mean, if if he really forces their hand, maybe he ends up staying. Yeah. But I think at the end of the day, uh, I, I don't think he's he's really ready. 
No, yeah. I mean, sure, but sometimes you, when you have a crap team, you have players that aren't really ready just to give them NHL experience, you know. But we'll see how it goes. I mean, at least it's something fun to to watch for the game yeah. tomorrow, you know. And, and when they keep losing, it's sometimes hard to, to find things to be interested in. But, hey, there, there's always that. Uh, now, the other news, like I joked about at the beginning of the podcast, is Vegas claimed Adam Brooks. Um, I... I barely remember seeing Adam Brooks like on the ice. Yeah. You know, like I'm trying to think of memories of things he did. You know. I mean, yes, yeah, he he definitely it's, hasn't been a game changer to say the least for the Habs. But I mean, uh, well, I mean, I guess you know you could say a couple of takeaways from this. I mean, obviously, I'm I'm sure the Canadians were hoping that he was going to clear and and go. To, he would have been you know a really good addition to to the Laval Rocket. You got to figure that this, first of all, means that Ryan Paling has convinced the Canadians that he's yeah that he should be staying with the team, which is good. Like I'd rather Paling convince the, the the team that he should stay up than Adam Brooks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, if, if he deserves a spot, which you know, I mean, he's played four games. I think I, I think he's shown what he needs to show. Um, so you know, I think I think he has proved that he deserves a spot. So that that's great. Um. I mean, the one thing for me was, why is, like, Cedric Pocket, why is he still on this team? What the hell does Cedric Pocket bring to this team? Except, I mean, he's aside a, from terrible penalties. He's injured at this point, so, I mean. Yeah, no, I know. You're forgetting a very obvious thing he brings to the team. I mean, you, you, I, mean you, I guess. You know, like, you, you remember the articles last year when, because of a few injuries, there, was, there wasn't a single... Quebecois player in the lineup. Yeah, I don't think it's a coincidence that Bergevin, after that, went and, and got a few extra kind of plugs. Like, I don't want to call them plugs. I think it's hard. I mean, Peru had one of the best moments of the year with that hat trick. But, like, guys like Peru and Pocket are perfect guys to just have as, like, extra forwards or extra whatever just to, uh, oh, when uh, Drouin is injured, okay, we'll plug in Pocket to replace him just, to, just so we don't have any art articles saying that there's no French Canadians. In, uh, in the lineup for the Canadians. Yeah, man, like, I, I can't really even think of a positive that Pocket has done this season. And there's honestly better Quebec-born players on the rocket right now. There's I can think yeah, of at enough. least three of them right now. It would be an improvement over Cédric Pocket. So, fair enough. a little mind-boggling to me. Um, I mean, I, I don't think uh, Cédric Pocket is what's been ailing this team. But, no, but I know what you mean. You, you haven't been a... A big fan from uh, from the game. So would would you have uh, held on to? Bay? But but anyways, like Paquette's on the he's injured right now, so he, he's not affecting the roster. It's really the the Norlander and keeping Norlander up and uh, and paling that that forced the Canadians to to drop Brooks. And I mean Brooks, he played what four games? Like the team really didn't seem to care. I mean I'm just happy because I know that if the Leafs claimed him back, they could have uh, put him straight to the AHL. Mm. Um, yeah. so I'm just glad they didn't get him back, you know, cause we still have that, you know, at least cause I know Leafs yeah. fans were disappointed in losing him. So there you go. You, all, all of this experiment was, was stealing Brooks away from the Leafs and then shipping him out to, to Vegas. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. That, any, any, any reason to hurt Toronto, but yeah, I'm not really crazy about helping Vegas. Not that it's really going to help them that much. Anymore. I mean, I, I, I get that we met Vegas in the, in the, in the playoffs last year, but we beat them in. Realistically, now for for the for forever, we're gonna see Vegas twice a year, and 
we would need to make it to the final again to, to play against. Uh, it's, it's, it's not like they were a rival or anything. Like, who cares? No, Vegas can have sure. Adam Brooks. I bet you, though, Adam Brooks on that team, like, I'm sure he'd probably get to play a little bit just because, you know, he has a low salary and they all they need all the low salaries they can get. I bet you he True. puts up, you know, a couple of points. True. And I know they've been decimated with injuries, too. I don't know if it's getting better for them, too. But uh, I don't know if it's as bad as the Canadians, but. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think anyone's having as much injury. Well, I mean, I'm, maybe I'm wrong. I mean, I obviously don't follow other teams too, too closely, especially when the Habs are doing this bad. But uh, if, yeah. I mean, um, if you, you know, include Weber and Price, there's no, no one is doing worse. No one is doing worse. Here's, like, like Weber, like we almost forget about it because at this point we've almost accepted that he's probably retired. But like, you know, it's it's kind of impossible to replace still and. Yeah, I don't think anyone is having worse injury luck. I don't think this is a, this is an excuse for how bad the season's gone. I don't think it's gone like the injuries justify how bad it's gone. But but still, like we you said earlier, everything that could go wrong uh, has gone wrong for the, for this team this year. And uh, yeah, anyways, the other news from out of yesterday's game was Brendan Gallagher getting. I mean, these fines, they're just. Like, look, I don't even think – I think it's silly that he got fined just because he gets punched in the face every game, it feels like, and no one gets fined, you know? Like, it, it's just ridiculous, right? Like, Gallagher doesn't really get a, a fair treatment, I feel, in the league. Like, I get it that he deserves to be penalized and punished at, at times. You know, he, he's in no way a saint on the ice. But it, it seems like players can do whatever they want to him, and then he can't do anything. But then it also, like, who cares about a $2,500 fine for these guys? Like, it's just – it's so stupid and symbolic. Like I don't. It just annoys me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. It's definitely very stupid. And and you know, I mean, unfortunately, yeah. It all. It always seems like Gallagher is on. Uh, you know, does get the shitty end of the stick here, and that's you know what it is. Unfortunately, when you have a bad reputation, right, with the refs, and I guess with the league too, but. You know, it, it is what it is. I'm sure that $2,500 isn't going to hurt Gallagher too much. But, um, yeah, it, it it is stupid, though, that, you know, it, it's, it always seems like, man, like he just gets smacked around just about every night. Nothing ever happens to the other team. The, the, the last the two playoffs, it's happened, right? Like, there was that cross check he got to the mouth. Uh, and then there was uh, last year uh, uh, on McNabb on Vegas punched him in the face and no one cared. You know, it's just, I don't know. It's just if I, how could you not be pissed off if you're Gallagher? But like you can tell though, the Gallagher of everyone on this team. I mean, he's always had the most heart, obviously. Like he, you can never take that away from Gallagher. But he just doesn't look like he's having a good time at all. He, he looks like it doesn't take a lot when you watch these games to set him off. It really, and I don't blame him. I don't blame him. No, for sure. I mean, it's got to be frustrating. Like you know it. Like you you'd think, especially after, you know, making it to the Stanley Cup finals, coming up just short, and then this is your season, yeah. <laughs> it's got to be, it's got to be frustrating. And, and again, like, I'm sure he's dealing with some injuries too, um, you know, probably dating back to last season. I mean, I uh, think Gallagher is going to be dealing with injuries for the rest of his life, yeah, let's be honest. For sure, for sure. Right, so, so, I mean, I guess we can talk a bit about uh, looking ahead for the games coming up. So, like we said, tomorrow, I mean, there's only a couple of games before we're probably going to do that. So let's just do those. So a little bit of a short homestand against Pittsburgh and against Nashville. 
Uh, let me take a look at how they're doing. So the big thing about Pittsburgh tomorrow, like we said, is that uh, Norlander is going to be uh, playing, which is fun. But how's Pittsburgh done so far this year? Let me see. I have no idea. Yeah, I mean. Uh, oh, no, they're pretty low. They, they, they've been struggling. And I know Crosby has been because uh, uh, he had the whole like COVID thing, right? Like, wasn't he in the COVID protocol? I'm not sure if he's back. So, I mean, yeah. are the well, Canadians going to get another just, win against uh, against uh, Pittsburgh? Um, no. Like, you know, I, 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 like, I, re- I hate to be negative on the podcast, but, I mean, like, I'm sure some of our listeners want to hear a little bit of positivity. But I mean, uh, we, we gave some positivity with all yeah, the young yeah, guys are doing and all that. You that's know. true. That's true. But, uh, no, I, th- I think it's going to be tough. I mean, if I'm not mistaken, Crosby j- is, is, is back yeah, now. Is he, is he back? Let me, let me see. If Crosby's back, the Canadians are 100% losing. Like, because Crosby's all since he's entered the league, has, has been, I mean, he's probably a, I, it seems silly to call him a Habs killer because he's just a killer of every team, you know? You but, know they uh, <laughs> Yeah, they have lost three games in a row, including losses to the Sabres and Senators. Um, so, you know what? They they, they appear to be uh, – yeah, Crosby played it last game. He got an yeah, assist. Yeah, there you go. So, uh, but he, uh, you're telling me they're due for a win is what I'm hearing. So I, I, yeah, I, think, uh, I, think, I think Pittsburgh are going to win, uh, and Crosby's going to have a big game in Montreal. And then I don't think they're going to beat Nashville, who's been having a pretty solid year. So it's two more losses. That's, that's, that's my prediction. And, and, I mean, let's not forget. I mean, who knows? Well, I don't think Jake Allen's going to be back either. So at least not that's, for those That's an, an excellent point. So, all right. Let's make it more interesting. How many goals will the Canadians allow combined <laughs> in the next two games? Oh, man. Is it going to be... Moltambo and that's well he's probably he's gonna play at least one of those two games. Uh Moltambo, man, what a like what a uh, man. I really like Moltambo, like because you know he's a former Armada player. I remember watching him in junior. Um I was really excited when the Canadians claimed him, but man, like and I remember watching him when uh, going to see the Rocket. I remember watching him play and he was in and he was having it he was pretty decent. It didn't necessarily put up great numbers, but uh, like it just seems like his confidence not isn't there. He's he's just I, I find and I find like he has a lot of the same issues as is Primo does, where they play very just finding deep the net, yeah. net. Yeah, well they're mm-hmm. very deep into their net and they they don't use their size as much as they should. And Moltambo, like I don't know, he seems like he's scared to get run into. He 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 always seems to back I down. Mean, th- there's a reason why he was just available on waivers, right? Like it's. Uh, is he an NHL goaltender? You know, like no, if the Canadians not. didn't didn't have, uh, you know, if if um, Price and and uh, and Allen weren't injured, Moltabu would be in the AHL. You know, he's the 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 the, the Moltabu and and Primo at this point. It's it's a tandem of AHL goaltenders. The Canadians have playing for them. It, it, that that is what it is. Yeah, but I, I just really hope that they don't start playing primo too much and you know he hurts his confidence like we saw last season when he played yeah. you know uh, that game in toronto there when he let in like three or four goals in the first period that's uh, you know i mean let's just ride multambo at this point you know it is, yeah. what it is at this point until yeah, l- l- let him take the shots <laughs> exactly. all right so are the in the next two games are the canadians gonna allow double digit goals total uh, um like, i'm gonna say sad? they're gonna allow nine goals Nine, nine goals. goals. Nine goals. You have to think about. It. I mean, they they haven't allowed. They've allowed five or more goals three times this month so far. 
It's been a lot of three goals that they've been allowing. But uh, nine goals, I think, is a good call. Well, I'll say, I'll say, I'll, I'll say that they'll make it to ten. They'll they'll allow combined. And watch them, watch them get a shutout and like win the other game two one because we're being this negative about it. I I, I would be shocked, but you know, he, he, I would I would also be shocked. They they, I mean, they yeah. love making us uh making us look stupid, you know. Well, because last time we talked poorly of uh well I specifically uh talked poorly of Jake Allen and I I kind of made fun a little bit of our friend at uh, the half statistician. Uh, for his take on how Allen had been playing, and then the very next day, the very next game, uh, and I think it was the next day, he had like that 45 save shutout. So, I mean, maybe maybe it'll happen. Maybe Montembeau is going to make you look silly and have a <laughs> have a huge game <laughs> against <laughs> against Pittsburgh. Uh, but uh, anyway, since we're talking about AHL goalies, might might as well tell, talk about the AHL team. Actually, I think our question of the day. Uh, I mean, yeah, usually it's just Twitter the, questions, it's the segments, but since we only have one, we'll say it's question of the day. <laughs> yeah, As always, have, at the yeah. Habs Forum on Twitter, if you want, if you have questions. Yeah, have, haven't been getting too many Twitter questions the last, uh, last yeah, little I, while. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be curious how many people are watching these games. It's it's painful. Ah, uh, I know, I know. Uh, anyway, from uh, from our buddy over at the Flailing Hands podcast, uh, John at the Eagle Dares, uh, I need to hear your thoughts on Caulfield's usage in Laval. I mean... It's so it's it's very frustrating, mm-hmm. um, you know. I mean, first of all, you know Jean-François Hull, the new head coach. I want to like him so much. <laughs> Again, former head coach of uh, of the Armada. You know, he was the head coach of the Armada before Joel Bouchard had some great years there. You know, took some, really some underachieving teams and had some great seasons with uh, Blainville Boisbriand. Went, you know, and was an assistant coach for uh, for Bakersfield in the AHL. You know they had some great teams there as well, so he's he's definitely got the pedigree. But man, this this team so far, the Laval Rocket. I mean, they they should be a really one of the best teams in the AHL, and they've really underachieved. But you know, it's it's not it's not really about winning, right? You want to have that development, and at least as far as Caulfield goes, he's not getting all the opportunity. Now he is on the first line. Um, you know, he's playing a lot of first line minutes, but his power play usage specifically is is just yeah. ridiculous. I mean, there was you that know? that picture that kind of did the rounds on Habs Twitter where he was just not in a position like he, like we know what Caulfield's good at. You know, like he's got that shot. Just put him in. Like all I want from Laval, like you said, honestly, at this point, all I want the team to do is to do whatever is best for Cole Caulfield. That is the most important thing in the entire Habs organization right now. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, his his reasoning behind it was that he didn't want to take Jesse Alonen out of the spot. Um, and Jesse Alonen, you know, he's probably going to, hopefully, at least going to be with the Canadians in the next year or two. He's having a great season with Laval. But, I mean, surely Fair. there's a way to put them both in a place where they can succeed. Because right yeah. now, putting him, like, you know, in that bumper position right in front of the goalie is about as dumb as a thing I can possibly think of. And you know it, it 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 brings me back to when when Cole Caulfield was playing in the World Juniors and yeah. the U.S. Yeah. sort of put him in put him put him in a same sort of position. And, you know it's it's obviously not a not a place to succeed. Now, granted, you know Caulfield wasn't exactly having the best season, but he was he was not obviously statistically he wasn't having a great season with the Habs uh, to be at the beginning of the season, but he really wasn't playing that bad. Yeah. And we saw what he can do with the Canadians last season, you know, just in the yeah. playoffs, you know, I mean, yeah. Like what's the point of having him in Laval, honestly, you know, it's, it, it's, he's not like, I, I get it that, you know, they sent him down presumably to build up that confidence, 
this clearly isn't helping his confidence, putting him in a position that he's not going to succeed. Um, You know, he hasn't maybe been succeeding as much as we had hoped. You know, he has, I believe, one goal and three assists in five games. Um, So, you know, he hasn't necessarily been putting up the the points we were hoping, or at least the goals that we were hoping to see. But, uh, you know, putting him in this position, the power play is like prime time for Caulfield. No, of course. Yeah. You're not putting him in a position to succeed. It just doesn't make any sense whatsoever. And, and, and like, how about that nonsense too, with the Utica comments, you know, like, Oh God, that's stupid. Like, you know, I mean, like I, I understand, like if you want to like make fun of a whole team, if you want to make fun of a fan base, fine, but like not a specific player. Like it just seems like why? And like, I hate to say it, but it really seems like it got under his skin. Cause like if you read all his quotes and all that, when people were asking about him, like he he's saying the, he's saying the things, you know, you want him to say like it's not affecting him, but it's I get the feeling that it like and like people are, he's been responding to people on on social media and stuff like that too. I've, I've been seeing, it's just like I I just I'd rather have him with the big club at this point so you can keep a close eye on him and 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 I just think that you know, it it was it was gonna like, I feel like a, a goal scorer like Caulfield. He, just keep shooting and eventually they're going to come in bunches and then, and then the confidence is going to be right back and, and, and we're going to be good, you know? Yeah. Cause like, you know, it wasn't that he wasn't getting the shots off or he wasn't yeah. getting the chances, um, you know, cause I mean, uh, I mean, he, he was producing chances. He was, you know, getting the shots off and that, I mean, it just, for, for whatever reason, it wasn't going in. But like you said, I mean, a guy like Caulfield, eventually, especially when he's getting those chances, he's getting those shots and nets, eventually it's going to go in yeah. and you know, it's not like anybody else on this team is scoring. So. No, exactly, exactly. Why not? Why not? Just, just call him up. I want to watch Cole Caulfield play on the Canadians. That's, that's what I want. Like, give me, give me something to, to watch. And, and it's just like, like, I don't know. I just, it's, it's clearly, it's not. There's no point. I don't know. Maybe they, their plan is just to give him maybe another, another five game because I think he's played five games in Laval so far. Maybe give him ten total and then bring him back because you gotta think he, he can't stay down there for too long. You just can't. Yeah, I mean, you got to hope. <laughs> and I'm hoping he doesn't. But, uh, uh, you know, I mean, a lot of the a lot of the decisions, management and the coaching staff make her, her head scratchers. So you kind of, you know, you never really know what to expect from these guys. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, it's true. It's true. I mean, they, they probably because like we don't have the solution. Like it's you watch this team and there's you try to figure out what needs to be done. But there's like nothing. Uh, you know, I, I mean, it's a good point because I, you know, I was thinking about, you know, what to talk about before this podcast, and okay, like, what can the Habs do to fix it? I'm just, I'm like at a loss of words right now. Like, there's, like, what, what can they do right now? Stop being injured. Uh, <laughs> even, yeah, uh, I, I don't know. Magically regain your confidence. I just, I don't know. I mean, I think that the best thing that this team can do to turn it around at this point is get a top five draft pick in this upcoming draft it's supposed to be pretty solid i think that's the the, the best thing they can do yeah uh, there, there's no quick fix um you know just hope hopefully we can see some progression from the kids you know in montreal in laval in trois and you know some of the prospects in junior and in college as well and you know i mean you know i mean i'm sure we're going to be talking a lot about this over the next uh well for the rest of the season but you know probably by when when all the death settles probably a change of leadership and and you know sort of start fresh hey you gotta think so it's, and it's crazy it's crazy after the 
the the craziness that was uh, the last season in the playoffs is just the the team is going to be within a, a calendar year top to bottom potentially completely different which is i don't know it's it's just nuts it's 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 hard it's hard to understand it, how it got to this so quickly even though we kind of saw it coming but you know it is what it is hopefully they get a good top 10 pick in in a few months all right yeah, so man. Well, hopefully for the next podcast, we'll, we'll have some positives to talk about. Uh, yeah, like uh, Cole Caulfield getting called up and getting a couple of goals. Yeah, what maybe. else would be a positive? Because if they go, if they go on a winning streak, is that even a positive at this point? Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. Because then it's like, because you know, like we've we've said everything that can go wrong has gone wrong. The 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 other thing that the thing that can ultimately make this season the worst possible is for them to go on a run and then end up with the 11th pick, which they would lose. Yeah, that's true. That, that, that is the worst. So if everything that can go wrong has gone wrong, that means they're going to start going, going on winning streaks. <laughs> that's what that means. Uh, anyways, enough of the negativity. I think that's, the, that does it for uh, this week's uh, episode. Uh, we'll be back hopefully uh, next week. I know, I know we took a week off there, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll try to get it done every week as, uh, as usual. So, uh, as always, follow us on Twitter at the Habs Forum. Ask us your questions there. Hey, if you have reasons to be positive about the Habs, please let us know. We will be more than happy to talk about it. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you.